Oh, hello, it's me, the Tornado from Tales of Nine-Eye. Oh, the episode's a real whirlwind. <laughs> I reckon it'll blow you away. It's a, a Category 5 Typhoon of Entertainment. Oh, no, that one didn't work. Uh, you enjoy the show while I work on my puns. <laughs> uh, maybe something about a hurricane. Hurricane. I don't know. Kia ora and welcome to MuckPod, the MuckPuddy community podcast where we chat with the talented folks who help us make cool stuff about what they do, how they do it, and what's inspiring them. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Marchant, and who is here with me today, as always... I am Simon Crane. I'm an animator here at MuckPuddy. And with us today... I'm Zoe Roberts. I'm a background artist here at MuckPuddy. Welcome, Zoe. Hi, Zoe. Thank you so much for coming into the pod and chatting with us. Thanks. We're ticking off the list of chatting with some of the newer people, because now yeah. it's sort of by degrees, because there are even newer hires specifically mm. for Bad Jelly. You've been with us, you came on around the time Josh Nelson also jumped on board, um, roughly. Yeah, I I think it's almost been a year since I joined. Wow. Time flies, it huh? It really does, yeah. yeah. Where's this year going? I was <laughs> thinking, Simon, and you know, we'll get this out of the way early, but like, it's going to be our next Star Trek Day special soon. Oh, right, yeah. It's scary. I'm always up for a Star Trek special. <laughs> it's scary, but also, hooray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and exactly uh, what do you do at the studio? You're you're a member of the backgrounds team, is that I right? I am, yeah. The Bee Gees. The Bee Gees. As we like to be called. I love the new sign that the Bee Gees have yeah, it's cool. on their door. Yeah. Like, Graphic design is my passion, deliberately yeah. bad, like the, the opacity tiles behind the beam of the sun. <laughs> That's all credit to, to uh, Josh Nelson. Ah, uh, yeah. Funny guy. Yeah. It's fun. I love I'd love to take credit for that, but no. And I love the name Bee Gees. It's always been cute. <laughs> Staying alive! <laughs> uh, how are you finding um, working in the background department? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, always been a dream of mine to work in animation, and... Yeah. So and what, now what, you're doing it. What what, yeah. what 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 made that dream? Like, was is there a, is there was there a, a, any particular cartoon that you saw as a kid or something like that? And we're like, oh yeah, that's what I want to do. Oh man. Um, uh, <laughs> or is it just that you just like drawing? I love drawing. Yeah. But I've always loved cartoons, and I think you know, like when you get to that age when you're like a little bit older and like mm, cartoons are for babies. Yeah. I never got that. I mm-hmm. was always like tuning into Cartoon Network and then that kind of thing. Oh, same. Like I didn't understand when I got to secondary school. I was like, so you guys are all just done with cartoons now? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Really? There's yeah, still yeah. cartoons coming out. <laughs> and they're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've always been interested in cartoons. Oh. Um, did you study uh, animation or art or anything like that? Um, hmm. Yes a- and no? Yeah, yes and no. Um, I studied at Meta Design School, but I studied graphic design. Um, it was your passion. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, was being the operative word, perhaps. Yeah, uh, no. Not even then. No, because I, I think that I, I I wanted to work in animation, but I was kind of under the impression that um, there was no animation industry in New Zealand. And like... I'm not go- I mean, I'm not going to be moving to California, and I wanted to be creative, but also pay the bills, so I was like, graphic design is a little bit more accessible. Sure. But I think, but I wasn't very successful, because I don't have a passion for it, and mm. yeah. That's often what 
drive success as do I really want to be doing yeah. this? Yeah. That's, that's but cool. Especially when you're studying something and then you find yourself surrounded by people who are passionate about it. Mm, and you kind of yeah, go, you know sure, what? Sure. This, this is not, I'm not willing to work as hard as they are for this. And then, and then you just, you have to kind of look around and, you know, find where your niche is in it. Mm. So you had sort of made the decision or at least come to the realization that maybe the animation market was too niche in New Zealand before you started studying. That's why you chose mm. to uh, go to graphic design. That's very, it's very insightful. Like I, when I went to animation college, I didn't realize how small the industry was until I got out of school <laughs> and then went, ah, oh, I did three years of studying this. What did I do that for? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, did you do did you do some freelance graphic design work once you'd graduated just to keep you know bills paid? Yeah, I, I had one graphic design job. Um, the it was kind of a disaster, um, but it's it's a long story that I don't feel like sharing. Hey, we all have disaster jobs oh, working yeah. for clients <laughs> doing freelance gigs, right? And was that in in advertising? It was um, it was in branding, right? Like just, okay, yeah, just yeah. um redoing brands for for different companies yeah and always the rules around a brand are always so strict mm. isn't it there's not actually that much freedom mm. when you're dealing with like like logos and like like brand colors and things like that what can you do with it you know is that the sort of thing that you were doing like would it be logos would it be i don't know website layouts or yeah mostly logos and website layouts sometimes brochures sometimes print media which is pretty rare in graphic design mm. um these days probably only getting rarer yeah yeah yeah. So, so I imagine then when you heard about this place <laughs> that you were like, okay, and, and dropped um, <laughs> graphic, graphic design, design like, like it was hot. <laughs> and how long ago was this that you um, that you graduated compared to, you know, coming to Muck Putty? Um, well, I graduated in 2016, end of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I'd known about Muck Putty, but I was like... This is like the only animation studio there, and they're probably very picky about who they who they get. Um, and I, I'm not an animator; I've dabbled in it, but not really done much with it. Um, but I, I would often like check back to see if there was any positions suited for me, yeah. just very casually. Um, <clears throat> and um, I just at one point I just decided to get a boring office job like an admin work just to pay the bills but i would be doing art in my spare time yeah um it sounds like you and me had like the exact same path (laughs) i went down that road i'm like well you've got you've got to be a grown-up sometimes yep um yeah but i got to the point where i was like i wasn't drawing much after work because i had done like a full eight hour day and do you ever like get into that mindset where you you're like okay, I have a few hours until I have to go to bed, so I have to make the best thing ever. Right, yeah. You put unnecessary pressure on yourself yeah. because you, it's very easy to get down about yourself when you're in that mindset because you're just like, I'm so tired, I'm forcing myself to do this thing that I'm supposed to be doing because mm. I enjoy it. And because I'm not enjoying it, the results are suffering. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then because the results are bad, it's a cycle. I don't want to do it as much and suddenly you're just someone who just works at an office yeah and sometimes they aren't results sometimes i just give up and play video games yep which is important as well like oh, i mean you know yeah, like un- unwinding is like like i think the mm. most important thing in fact that's mm. that's my goal in life is to be completely unwound mm. <laughs> and um so you went you went from working in the office and was it just 
how many years were you there? I was there for, I was just there for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, this was around the time of COVID and, um, well, I got made redundant. Ooh, okay. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I wasn't too torn up about it. I was like, you know, well, I have to train someone new, whatever. Um, and when I was looking for jobs, I found this just by chance, I found this, um, opening for a concept artist for, um, a video game studio. And I was like, you know, why not? And I sent my portfolio over, did not expect to hear back from them. Um, I didn't end up getting the job, but, um, I did a couple of art tests for them and yeah. It sort of pointed you in a direction that you're like, this is something I could do and might be more interested in. Yeah. And yeah, like after, afterwards I was like, I could get a full-time job and continue to be miserable and not do any artwork or I could get a part-time job and spend my free time putting everything I have, putting everything that, that I am like into this potential future career. Mm. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can consider the art, your career and then a job just to make money. Mm. Right. So people say, what do you do? It's like, well, I'm an artist. Mm. Yeah. But I also do this for, you know, for money. I like, I, I used to do that. I, um, I was kind of taking a bit of time out and I took a job as a night porter in a hotel. Oh. And uh, the thing about being a night porter in a hotel is there's a lot of downtime, right? Because, you know, from about mm. three o'clock in the morning until seven o'clock in the morning, everybody's asleep, mm. you know? So mm. it's like, what am I going to do? Perfect time to like practice drawing. Mm. And and actually, I, you know, I get in uh, little commercial jobs and stuff like that. Um, so you'd get a little bit extra, but it was always with the intention of not staying as a night porter. Mm. It was just like, just, you know, just so I could say to myself, I am being an artist, you mm. know? Um, and I think like artists just have to do that. Like, I, and, and, and life kind of works that way. Like, even though like I've been working as an animator for like nearly 20 <laughs> years now, I, 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 you know, there may be a day where I have to take another real job mm. um, um, just to pay the bills. Who knows? Sure, you Ho- never Hopefully know. no time soon. Hopefully no time yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Thanks, Bad Jelly. <laughs> Bad Jelly, we've got, we've got work for the next year at We're least. sorted. That's, that's always a nice <laughs> feeling. Um, well, it's really good to hear that you were, um, you know, taking your own your own happiness and your own interests into consideration by mm. going, okay, I'm going to work part-time, but I am going to be actively pursuing mm-hmm. art, which I'm interested in. Yeah. Uh, so what did, wh- uh, what did that lead to from there? Obviously, <laughs> the... the Part-time job, probably not even worth uh, discussing because, hey, everyone does one. Yeah, nah. Um, I, the steps I was taking, I was I was taking a lot of online courses. Um, I was just researching the animation industry and the video game industry for, like, art-related jobs. I was checking back on websites daily. Um, I was reaching out to people as well. Um which is a very um, underrated part of of job hunting. Um, Absolutely. Just letting people know you exist and you're interested. Mm, yeah. And I'm sure you found, as most people do, the vast majority of times when you reach out to someone, they're not looking, but they may be at some point. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know, just to be like to have your like your work put in that folder so that when people are sort of like re- recruiting, it's like, oh, you just go to the folder and who's... Mm. Who's there and who's suitable? It's it's you got to be out there. You got to mm. you got to put yourself out there. 
Yeah. But it wasn't like a, my art's amazing and I think you should consider me. It's like, hey, I'm considering this. Do you have any advice or something? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't necessarily asking about positions yeah. as such. I yeah. mean, I'm sure you wouldn't say no if they did, but it was more about <laughs> what do you recommend? Where do I go from here sort of mm. thing? Yeah. I actually reached out to Bryn and I've known Bryn for like over a decade now. No kidding. Where uh, did you meet Bryn? Was that media design or something? Kind of. Um, Bryn was uh, was friends with uh, an ex-partner of mine. Okay. Yeah. Um, friend of a friend, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even back then, they were, they've like always been super talented and skilled. Yeah. Um, and also like really approachable and nice. And so I messaged them and asking, hey, I'm thinking about getting into the animation industry. Do you have any tips? And they were really helpful. And yeah. And I followed a bunch of Muck Buddy people as well. Right, right. Yeah. Like, so, uh, the old Instagram. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to see, you know, what are working artists, what are they working on? What are they mm. talking about? All that sort of stuff. Yep. I have to say, I've, I've found it, like, that's one thing I really like about Instagram is that, like, you get exposed to so many people who are working in, in like, in a creative industry, and especially in drawing, mm. you know, um, that it does sort of, like, it, it sort of, you know, the mystique behind, ooh, you're an artist, you know, it, <laughs> it, it shatters that. And you just see people who are just, you know, doing mm. their job and getting away with it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and why not, you know? It is a job after all. It's a job, yeah. exactly, yeah. Um, so all this sort of immersing yourself uh, in the world and reaching out and making contacts, um, did th- when did that first lead to work or was that Muck Putty? That, yeah, that was, yeah, it was Muck Putty because mm-hmm. I, because I had quit my, I had quit my job at Bunnings and I was starting a new job at an optometrist and one week into that new job, I got a message from Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, ask if if I wanted to do some some freelance work, and obviously I jumped at the chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, I'll just work on the days that I have off. Um, that would give me one day off, but oh. whatever. Um, but when I like when I came to the studio, um, the consensus was like, ideally, we want you to be working here full time. And I was like, oh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Hey, sorry, optometrists. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. We only just met and the, the perfect job has sort of come your way. They were actually really cool about it. They yep. were, yeah. That's um, good. They, they understand, look, we're, we're kind of, it's not exactly retail, but we're not a job that unless you, I don't know, studied optometry, yeah. unless you are the optometrist, <clears throat> it's not a place that people are necessarily passionate about working. Mm-hmm. My boss actually looked at my portfolio and was like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well because you were also, as well as that, weren't you doing, um, like, like overload and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, I tabled at overload for the first time in 2021, I believe. Right. Yeah. Oh, so I, I guess that's, that's, that's where I think I first met you. I think you had been here. So I recognized you. I was at overload and I saw you had a table and that's, that's where I first went up and had a chit chat with you. No, I think that was the second time. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. okay, right. Because I remember you came up to my table and and you knew me. And because I was still pretty new at Mark Putty, 
um, I didn't recognize everyone. And then, yeah, sure. you, then you open your mouth and I was like, oh, the Irish Simon. one, yeah. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of handy having a strong accent. People remember it. I think, listen, between you, me, and Zoe, I think it's really good that you have an Irish accent. Because, mm. like, the amount of podcasts I listen to that are two white guys who sound the same. <laughs> right, Or yeah. sometimes more than that. And, like... I've been listening to some podcasts for, like, several years. So I'm like, I couldn't tell you which guy was which. Sure, yeah, yeah. But I know who Simon is. People can tell us apart, mm. right? Yeah. And even when they have, like, a video, like, footage of the podcast, sometimes the guys look the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. They're just five clones doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. There's a concept. My clone, my clone, and me. <laughs> yeah. uh, you a big, are you a big mm. podcast listener? Do you listen to things while you work? Um, occasionally. Mm. Usually. On and off. Yeah. Um, sometimes, usually, when I put the second I put my headphones in, there's usually a conversation going on in the BG's room, and I'm like, I have to listen. Oh right, yeah, that's a, it's a good one. That is one thing uh, that I half miss about having uh, a you know surrounded by people is um, there's always conversation going on, and that is your podcast. Like mm. there have been plenty of times where like. And I don't want to sound like I'm eavesdropping, but like there's a conversation happening with earshot and me. I'm not necessarily participating. But I'm just enjoying listening. Yeah. yeah. They're interesting yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's a little more like when Mike wants to chat about something or I want to chat about something to Mike, <laughs> we turn around and conference at our at our shared desk. Um, so you were born on uh, at Mark Putty specifically to do backgrounds. That's what they reached. Mm-hmm. That's what they reached out uh, yep. initially as a, um, what, what did we say, like a freelance situation or a, yeah. a, a temporary situation, but then quickly they wanted you full time. Mm. Had you done backgrounds up to that point because it's an area of neglect for a lot of (laughs) of animators and character artists um well i had been i had mostly been working on my visual development skills like Mm -hmm. mostly doing environments because that was where that's where a lot of artists usually it's kind of an iffy place along with hands um but i really enjoyed I really enjoy doing environments and um, I did an online course and yeah, I think I did more backgrounds that I was really proud of. Excellent. Yeah. Who Who is running the online course? Um, I went on this one called Schoolism mm-hmm. and they have, I don't know if they still have it. It's a course by Victoria Ying, who's a um, visual development on the, some Pixar movies. Okay. Cricket cool. Ralph. Is it Pixar? Oh, that's 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 Disney, but like those two studios merged, and now it's kind of like they're, they're a little bit one and the same. You yeah, know? yeah. Like I, in the nineties, it was like okay, Disney makes the two D ones mm. that have princesses and talking animals, and they sing, and Pixar makes the three D ones where they do not sing, and most of the time it's what if this thing talked while people were in around. That was sort of the mm. the big divider. Now it's like. They all make nice CG movies. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just looking at, at, at your uh, Instagram here. Um, like, it looks like you do a lot of figure work as well, uh, like characters and stuff like that. Well, recently, because I've been doing some many backgrounds. Is that, that's a recent thing. Yeah, <laughs> let me let me scroll down. <laughs> right, right. So backgrounds and environments, you know, not to say that you don't enjoy doing them anymore, but because mm. that's now your work, mm. it's fun to stretch yourself and try something different mm. with characters. Yeah. Like, I, character design is, like, a love of mine, but also, uh, I, I, I occasionally do backgrounds, but, you know, I do backgrounds at work. Yeah, yeah Sometimes, it's different, isn't let's it? Let's just throw yeah. a nice color card or a pattern behind that yeah. character, yeah. call it a day, it's just yeah. as good. Dark background, sorted. 
Uh, so I'm interested. You you were always interested <clears throat> in animation, and you were maybe considering it if the industry hadn't have been so small before mm-hmm. you decided to do media design college. Would you say you had a particular area of interest uh, before you decided to go to media design? Were you were you a background artist? Were, uh, did you like doing drawing characters, mm-hmm. comics, anything? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, always loved drawing uh, characters for stories and stuff. Um, yeah, because before media design school, after I finished high school, I did almost a semester of um, vi- a Bachelor of Visual Arts. Um, and that didn't last very long because that particular course was more focused on gallery artwork. Sure. Right. I was yeah, just about to ask you that because mm. like you, you do a lot of like digital work mm. and I wondered like, do you do like, like, yeah, what would you call it? Analog? Tradi- <laughs> yeah, traditional. Yeah. 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 Um, not so much anymore because I'm like, art supplies are expensive. That's, that's that is a, and that is a problem. It's the biggest like, barrier. That, yeah, I would say. Yeah. Also, I found that, um, I used to love painting. Um, but, but then once I had um, kids, mm. uh, you know, you'd set up your canvas and you'd, mm. you know, you squirt out your paint onto the little palette there and you're just about to get ready and then you got to go and you know, do something with the kid. The kids you know? want to collaborate. And, and then, and then, yeah, well, that, that happens as well. You come home from work and you're, you're painting that you've been working on has been worked on by someone else. Mm. That, that's okay, you, you know, as a parent, you kind of go, oh, isn't it cute? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but I also found though that once you, once you get all your art supplies out mm. and everything, then you got to do something else and you come back and I like acrylic. So, and all my acrylics have dried up mm. or, yeah. or, or I've just spent the time getting ready and then I have to spend the time cleaning up and I actually didn't get any time to do any drawing. It's the cleanup afterwards mm. yeah. for me was the, the bit that, uh, I don't miss that at all. Yeah, so w- sure. when, when, you know, and this is my second time this week to mention Procreate. I love you, Procreate. And <laughs> um, when Procreate came along and iPads came along, I kind of went, well, this is me sorted. Mm. It's really, it's pretty damn good at simulating the feeling of doing a lot of digital painting. It really a does. A lot of uh, regular painting. It really does. It, it, it feels like, yeah, it feels like actual painting. It, like it satisfies that a similar itch. Mm. Um, it's not like I miss um, uh, when I used to do spray can work there's not there's a little bit of like cleanup after that it's usually run away but um but but i i, I kind of missed that and the smell of the paint and this and that but you know i found that the digital art actually enhanced um my spray can work because instead of like uh practicing on a wall you practice all week on on the ipad and then you know exactly what you're going to draw mm. when you when it comes to putting it on a wall and um, so like even though i spend more time Doing the digital art, once I turn over and decide to do traditional art or spray can art or whatever it is, uh, my skills are still sharp, even mm. though I don't do it as much as I used to do it. Yeah. You you're, know? You're keeping yourself uh, ready for when you are, you've got the time well, that's it. to it's jump a, back in. It's keeping a, yourself primed. It's a practice. Yeah, you keep yourself primed. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think sometimes there's a little, some people feel that there's a greater, you know, distance mm. between digital and uh, and traditional than there really is. At the end of the day, you're still using your hand to create oh, like, something. And especially exactly. since, um, like, like you know, drawing on screens became a thing. Like, I, I even remember when uh, when I started off in, in Flash, it was uh, with a mouse, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> wow. Because yeah. there weren't really, yeah. like, Wacom tablets were, 
weren't that common and they were really expensive. Mm. Now, eventually, I think I was working in the in, in like the animation industry for at least four months before I got a Wacom, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and even at that, like that, that felt like, oh, this is more like art. It's great. But you're kind of, you're looking at a screen in front of mm. you and you're drawing like down here on your lap. It feels a little bit like translating it, it, yeah, from this there, tablet there, to that There was screen. still, yeah, a degree of separation. But once drawing on screens became a thing, it was like, oh, well, that's, yeah. that, that feels exactly the same as just yeah. normal drawing. I, I think I was the same as Zoe. Um, people, because I had like artistic interests, uh, people just assumed, well, you're going to love art class. But art class is more, like you say, it's the th- stuff you see in galleries. It's canvases, it's charcoal, it's paint, it's collage, it's mm. all that sort of stuff, which is all great, but yeah. it's not what I wanted to do. Sure, sure. Um, so you've always been a, you've always preferred digital over, yeah. over traditional because less, less overhead expenses, you get results quicker. And you, uh, what were you, what were you drawing on? What was your earliest digital drawing tool? Oh, I had, um, I had a Wacom uh, Graphire, okay, which is like tiny, this tiny little tablet. Um, I think it had the removable, removable cover, so you could like put stickers on it, and it would still work. But cute, it'd be customized. Um, yeah, and it worked well into. I got it when I was like twelve, and I think it worked like well into my twenties. Ah, oh, that's great. It probably still works now. I need to dig it out at some point. Yeah, always, char- always good to have up, a yeah. backup in yeah. case, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever you're using at the moment craps out on you. Hey, the old girl's ready to jump back into the fray. <laughs> right. It yeah. outlived my first Cintiq, so. Oh, wow, yeah. 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 There you go. I've still, I, people, people have noticed I still carry my iPod Classic. It still works. Mm. I believe in wired headphones because it's a trail. I can always find it, you know. Sure, it knots up, but I always know where it is. It's yeah. true. Um. Cool. So you're you've been working um, you've been working in backgrounds for uh, almost a year. Yeah. Um, what was the first thing that you jumped on? I'm imagining it might have been Night Eyes, possibly. Ac- no, actually, I didn't start on Night Eyes until like later on. Okay. Not sure why. Um, but the first thing the first thing that I started on was when we were just still like kind of testing the waters to see if I liked it here. Mm-hmm. Um, First background I worked on was Juju Brain. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 I really liked Juju Brain. It me was, too. It was a good looking show. I Remind me sort of what it. the visual style of the backgrounds was, because I only worked on it very briefly and was often using just uh, animatics. It was um, mostly lines mm. um, with some like black shading. Um, yeah, some like very earthy colors as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, was it a case that the, the, like the, Things had sort of like a, 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 a colored shape, and the lines didn't always match mm. up with the colors. Yeah, like they, yeah, they yeah. kind of the, the, the shapes would sort of bleed out behind the line and stuff like that. Yeah, some of the background assets would like be offset yeah. from the from the lines, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it was a good style. Yeah, very like kind of reminiscent of nineties cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What well, backgrounds it- did you do? Did you did you get to do Juju's room? <laughs> Um, so the first background I worked on was the scene where she is like running through, she's in a, inside her own mind. She's running through um, her past these bookcases to find an excuse. And she's running past this big bookcase that I had to draw um, absolutely packed with books and little knickknacks. Um, the concept art that I was working from looked really, really cool. 
Um, but I was agonizing over it because it's a weird angle and there were so many things. Um, and I was like, mm, I'm like going to finish this in time. And then I got sick, so I couldn't finish it. Um, and when the episode finally aired, it was on there for like less than two seconds. I know that feeling. That's a good, that's a, it's a harsh lesson to learn, yeah. but you always, you, it's, it's something you've got to know about TV animation. Um, yeah. I've told the story before working on Quimbo, which was the first big project that we did mm. tons of episodes. And, uh, I had a shot that was boarded where Quimbo crawls in the window, crawls along the roof, and then hangs down by his tail. Mm. And it just took me so long to figure out physically how to manipulate the character mm. to do this sort of not-quite-exorcist crab walk because he Spider-Mans across the roof. <laughs> and um, and then the director told me later, you know it would have been easier and funnier if he just popped up at the window, slides down, and then pops up inside the room next to Sammy. And it blew my mind because I was like, we can just, like, make a change like that if, like, I guess if we talk to our director about it. Yeah. To be like, would this save me some time? Because, like, I spent as long on that shot, which is about one second, as I was supposed mm. to spend on the whole episode. Mm. And, like you say, you watch the final episode, you see it, and you go, that was a week of my life. No, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's funny when you're showing another person, and they're like, oh, my scene's coming up. There it was. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see it again? <laughs> Yeah, and, and and then yeah, it is the, when you think back to it, like a whole week of my life for that, like that quick second, and I, I and I and I agonized over like where the pupils were looking and mm. nobody notices. <laughs> and um, once you'd sort of um, learned that lesson, it became a it, his background sort of mm. become a little bit um, like Josh Nelson described it sort of as like a recipe to follow, like mm. no matter how much detail there is or isn't or how the style sort of changes there's a there's a set of steps that you can follow every time to produce a background for muck putty mm. is that is that how you do it yeah usually it's not that different from how i usually do backgrounds for my personal work um it's like the sketch the thumbnails the color roughs mm-hmm. um for the for like um shots that have already sort of been established it's more of a case of of you don't really need to you don't need to bother with the color off because the colors are already there yes right right um it's a bit different now that um we're working on bad jelly but for the smaller shows that we did in the past um have you had a favorite uh (laughs) project that that you've done for muck putty so far of the shows that you've worked on or is Um, night ice Night Ice. (laughs) hands down okay why night ice just the style, the lighting. Mm. Um, yeah, it's the, a really the colors fun were show. amazing on, on Night Eyes. Um, I, I'm looking at, at at your own personal work, and you've got like you actually have a real good sense of color. Oh, thank you. Um, do, do you uh, do you make palettes, or or does this just come natural to you? Um, I I like to do a few variations of of things, and on the thumbnail, then I kind of tweak it around. Right. In, procreate and i think this looks good or i change a few things and yeah that's how i get the get the colors yeah yeah there's also like some tweaking after the colors have been done sure sure but but like you don't have a method or anything like that you just like you you've got it you've established an eye you've developed an eye for colors that work yeah, well together. yeah, because yeah. because yeah. um, I'm not a color person. Color is always trial and error with me. Do, mm. you, do you, have you consumed a lot of color theory, or do you just find your way and figure out what works and what doesn't? 
I mostly just guess. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know it when you see it. You know what yeah. looks good, what, what colors are working together. I don't know. Do you, do you take that for granted that you understand color this well? <laughs> because I have to admit, um, um, it, like I'm still like, like, like look, looking into color theory and what works together and methods of coming up with nice palettes and things like that. Like I, if, if I showed you my, um, my procreate, there's just sometimes I just spend a whole day just making colors. Um, because it doesn't come natural to me. I don't understand color, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I can, you, you follow a few rules and you go, okay, these look nice together. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then once I've got that basis to work with, then I kind of play around a little, mm-hmm. but I can't just, I can't just like look at the color wheel and go, yep, that color will be great. Mm, I think depending on the subject matter, you need to like, for example, if you need a brown, um, sometimes you can go for a purple to right. make it, to make right. it look a bit. Cool. So it's it doesn't like muddy the the that, um, like the final picture. That is something that always blows my mind is when someone uh, points out that mm. color is all relative, and like what looks green in this picture when you color pick it, there's zero green. It's completely gray, mm. but the colors around it have made it look. look yeah, it's fascinating when you see that, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know how it's done. To yeah. me, it is witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's that um, uh, blue black dress versus the right. white gold dress yeah it mm. depends on what colors you have around it and i think that works depending on which side of the dress your eye is going to and mm. that's why it changes color but but um i think was sikovsky put up a thing where where it just it just uh you know where it's just a block of color which led to the dress mm. and it's like this is the actual color you're seeing right um, and i think it was blue and black i can't remember but it was blue Black. Yeah, like, yeah. I think the person who owned the dress was like, "It's blue and black." Yeah, I yeah. own the dress. Right. So, like, when you look, you mean when like you would look at the dress in real life with your own eyes, the mm. colors that you are meant to be seeing, like the color that it was designed to be, was blue and black. Mm. Wow. What did you see straight away? Blue and black. Blue and black. Right. See, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I was white and gold. I was white and gold. Huh. But but as I was looking at it. Like I blinked and it went blue and black, and and that's what I thought. Witchcraft, definitely. Yeah, yeah. you stepped, but, you like stepped into the other Berenstein universe. You know, yeah. you were like, oh, now I'm seeing the other one. Yeah, and and the funny thing is, I couldn't go back. Like I kept on squinting my eyes and like like surprising myself with the picture. You know, like I'd put it in the kitchen and then walk into the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, no, it stayed blue and black. There's another good one with um this. It's like a wireframe of a ballerina spinning around mm. and it looks like she's spinning around one way, but other people see it's her spinning around another way. Yeah, yeah. Th- you can actually train your mind to, mm. to go back and forth between that, isn't it? And it is like, it's a blink or something and then it goes the other way and I don't know, optical illusions. My, my favorite, I, I love it. <laughs> the one I remember as a kid is the one that uh, you can view it either, either as like, the the neck and jaw of like a young woman looking away from the camera mm. or the profile of like an elderly woman oh right yeah it's always fun yeah no i love it i, I love can't it. do magic eye i've never ever been able to do magic eye i'm not magic enough i'll stare at the thing i'll be squinting i'll just like try to put everything out of my mind i'm like i'm just seeing a bunch of kaleidoscope nonsense yeah 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 i will never forget the first time i saw magic eye it's it was gonna like, be it was a poster on the street right it was in the 90s you know and like I started cursing and swearing, and like it's like you know, and almost speaking in tongues because I thought I was looking at magic. Because you could instantly see, like, what 
Not instantly. There was a guy selling these posters and he's like, yeah, you can squint your eyes, you got to cross them slightly. And we're like, this is a joke. This is not real. And then all of a sudden it hit me and I could see the Statue of Liberty. And I'm like, oh my God, it's the Statue of Liberty. And you could see other people on the street sort of going, what is he talking about? (laughs) Is it one of those ones where you like cross your eyes in the... There's like a 3D image in it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And I actually had a friend who was able to um, take two photographs, mm. but have like like eye distance between. So it looks like the same photograph, but there is actually eye distance. And it worked on that. So the, you could like kind of cross your eyes a little and, and focus on, you see, you cross your eyes so you can see three of them. And mm. then you focus on the one in the middle. And sure enough, it's a 3D version of the photograph. It's amazing. With like, no, no, like, Nothing else, just no, yeah, just normalize. Uh, just it just depends on where you where you leave your focus. Have you guys seen those um, those billboards? Uh, that I don't know where they are. They're probably America or somewhere, or Japan possibly. Where it's the corner of a giant building, and they've got two screens going that connect at the corner, and somehow they have worked it so that uh, no matter what angle you look at it. It looks like there's a giant hollow in that corner, and there'll be like a giant yeah, yeah. green M&M like waving to people or something, and you're like, hubba what? Yeah, I've always wanted to see them like not on a screen. Mm. Like I'd like to see that in real life because yeah. I like I'm assuming you have to see it from an angle or something like no, that. No, see, but... that's what I've heard is that like you can walk around oh the corner, God. and whatever angle you're looking at it from, it looks like a solid thing is standing there, but it is in fact screens. Ah, so good. Control. Search me how it works. Yeah, it's mind control. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we have one of those in in Auckland. There's a corner screen uh, down on Queen Street. Mm. But what they sometimes do is they project like the side of a building onto it. Right. And so it just looks like a normal building. And then all of a sudden it just goes, wow, and turns into an ad. (laughs) And and it's like, whoa, what happened? They should do that with the Queen Street Santa. Right. You know what? They should. Because every year, isn't it like the same thing? They're like, the thing is so old. The plaster is coming apart. His, His... his like little beckoning finger is gonna fall apart any yeah. day now. I think like, they actually know, got rid of the finger because yeah. it was just like too creepy. It's always been odd, to be yeah. fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, it's always a big to do. There was like, we need to raise this many, this much money to save the Santa. A three D version that stands on the corner and does something a little less creepy, like wave or something. I really idea. like that Santa. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I like the weird kitschiness of it. I like yeah. how weird it is. Yeah, it built, that, that's it must have been built in like. 1912 when they didn't know what cute was you know mm. every toy from back then you're like this is a monster have you ever seen like old disney mascot costumes from the 50s and 60s those are nightmare films. creepy yeah yeah now look yeah. i i'm a, I'm a little bit of a historian on this the 60s the 60s i love the 60s they really hit their stride with design and like the characters have these really they they figured out that like there's something less cute, which is what they do now, where they have like sure a slightly oversized head, but otherwise a human body. Like when mm. I see that Mickey Mouse at Disneyland, I'm like, it's not really Mickey. Like Mickey is not that tall; his head's sure. too small. In the '60s, they would have these really big foam heads that kind of go right over like their upper body, oh. and then their then their body is shorter. They're really oh, stylish okay. and cute. I the ones that are uber creepy are like right when it opened, mm. um, which I guess. I guess it did open, like, early 60s. But anyway, um, the, when they opened, they didn't have costumes ready. Like, obviously, so much money had gone into the construction yeah. and everything. Um, they grabbed some Mickey and Minnie costumes from, like, uh, the ice capades. Right. And they're so nightmarish. Like, the bodies are black morph suits mm. over right. people's bodies. Already weird. There's too much anatomy on Mickey and Minnie. Don't like that. <laughs> yeah. But then the faces... 
very dead-eyed, but there's something about, like, the way that they've built the little muzzle, you know, the nose that Mickey has, and um, it's like they've got a piece of foam, and they've just cut into it sort of like a pumpkin, so it's like an accordion, and there's just these big slices missing from the nose, and it's just, it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Mickey Mouse that got uh, attacked by the dog or it, something. It looks like, like something someone would wear in, like, Escape from New York or something, some <laughs> yeah. scary gang. It's gonna I have, you. I have to admit, I loved when you see photographs of the Easter Bunny, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and like, because Easter Bunnies always look really creepy, and the, the kid who is sitting on Easter Bunny's knee is just screaming, you know, with, with absolute fear. It's so funny, isn't it? Because, like, I don't know, some kids cry with Santa, but most kids are like, my friend Santa. Maybe yeah. it's just because, like, there is a human face there. You mm. understand this is a person, and I'm told that they're my friend. Whereas a bunny, I don't know, you would have thought, like, oh, a big, giant, fluffy bunny. Kids are going to love it. This is going to be their favorite thing. But universally, they just seem it, to reject it. It's the holes for eyes. I mean, it, it's, the, it's, a, it's a giant, like, rabbit's head on a human body. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like an evolutionary thing. It's like, this is a giant predator. Like, this animal, this yeah, beast yeah. is going to swallow me whole. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, and there's definitely like, like visceral memories being formed in the kids at that point, you know? Like, uh, yeah, you know, there's the instinctual fear, but then there's going forward with this memory for the rest of your life. My sister would insist on coming to see whenever Ronald McDonald would have a show. Like, they'd sometimes do shows with, really? <laughs> the, with the McDonaldland characters in, like, a parking lot. Oh, yeah. set up a stage for them and be a big crowd. My sister would insist on going and then scream her head off as soon as she laid <laughs> eyes on, on Ronald. Yeah. She thought it was something she wanted, but she did yeah, not. he's a creepy dude. He's definitely creepy. Painted faces, they're a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now there, you, ch- check that out. That's my uh, Ghostbusters getting the Santa Claus, the Whitcoats, right? Santa right. Claus. <laughs> They're blasting uh, Santa Claus and not crossing the streams that's until really they have to. Yeah, that's yeah. That would be that our, was their biggest thing since Gozar, really. That would be that would be New Zealand's version of yeah. um, of Gozar. You accidentally think of the farmer's uh, Santa, and suddenly he appears marching down the street, knocking over buildings. Yeah, check out my uh, Siki Fondue Instagram for if, uh, listeners if you want to know what we're talking about. And if you want to know what we've been looking at, uh, Fish Witches on Instagram. That's me. You're yeah. pretty prolific. Like, I've been scrolling for a while. Yeah. You've got a lot of work. Yeah. You sure do. Well, well, so, yeah, like, so when you go home in the evening, <clears throat> like, are you, you're still, like, working when you go home in the evening. Like, even though, like, you're not doing backgrounds, you still haven't had enough. If I feel like drawing that night, then I will, like, do some person stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's more if you feel like it. Yeah. Like, some sometimes I'll just be really tired or I just want to just wanna play a video game. Rest assured, I'm not I'm doing art take a nap. every day, you know. <laughs> I like it weekends. Yeah. I, I, I like to spend a Saturday just sitting down drawing. Mm, yeah. Um, and, and it's kind of different when you're doing your own stuff, isn't it? Like, mm. it, it definitely... Uh, Feels less like work, especially when it's your own stuff and you like, have no intention of ever selling it or, or or monetizing it in any way. It's just drawing for the sake of drawing. Yeah, yeah. that's I'm, the happy place. I made this for me. This exactly, amuses yeah. me. And, and you I know what? When when I'm finished with it, I actually don't care. Yeah, I just I'm just enjoying doing it. Yeah, that, that's the thing that I I had to relearn because I was so focused on making something career changing and. Mm-hmm. But I, I forgot to have fun with art and forget to make mistakes and be okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it is hard when, um, uh, when you are trying to sort of forge a career mm. to to 
remember that it's it, there's joy to be found mm. there. Um, yeah, you, but like l- looking at this, l- looking at your Instagram, you're definitely finding lots of joy in these pictures. Uh, it's definitely putting the cart before the horse when you start like focusing on like I have to do like career defining work <laughs> because yeah you you create a career one step at a time just by the process of doing art yep. rather than getting frust- so frustrated with yourself about not producing work that is to a standard of people who have been doing it for years and decades mm-hmm. and you ask them the way they did it one thing at a time you know yeah i'm looking at um uh, plum is, plum? That, is yeah. that your cat that's my cat yeah what a cutie yeah. uh you a little animation where uh because it is an animation. It's like an animated comic where the first first couple panels are just Plum staring at you with giant, <laughs> giant eyes. Silly time? <laughs> time for fun? I do that. If, I, if I'm if i dog sitting, sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and the dog will just be there looking at me because <laughs> they're tired of sleeping. They're ready to play. And then... Uh, and then in the last panel, it's, um, I guess, an animated gif of Plum just going crazy around yeah. the room. Yeah. I've, this I've, is a familiar um, uh, scenario to any cat owners. They're, yeah. they're nighttime creatures. We have to make sure that we close all the wardrobes in the house. Oh. Or oh. else the cat, at middle of the night, that's when the cat <laughs> yeah. is like playing in the wardrobes. Hey, it's like a, it's like a jungle in here. I can climb <laughs> yeah. things. I can shred things. Uh, it's nice that you get inspired by your pets. Look, she, she's a cat. She's just a cat, but she is just infinitely entertaining. Yeah. No matter what she's doing. They are the comedians of the pet world. Like, uh, they, they get embarrassed. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like dogs don't care. Dogs will walk into a wall and, you know, knock things over and they're not aware of themselves. But like, like if a cat, if, if it, a situation is like slightly awkward, like the cat, <laughs> you, you know, the cat is bothered by it. Whenever I'm uh, hanging out at uh, Bryn's place, their cat... Um, Cassie? Cassie, thank you. Um, like, you can just be sitting there, I don't know, watching TV or doing a bit of art or just chatting, and the cat, like, will suddenly, for no reason, jump five feet in the air and do a backflip <laughs> and then land and go, what happened? And then sprint out of the room. Yeah. I don't know what's going what on in this see? cat's yeah, yeah, we call that fantasy cat. Right. <laughs> they're playing, you know, they're, they're hunting in the jungle or something like that. Yeah, maybe they were dreaming, you know. Yeah. I dreamt that I was, you know, being well, attacked by something. I feel it was real. I feel cats can see stuff that we can't, you know. The, the, you know, there's colors on the spectrum that we're not seeing that cats are picking up on. Cuz you know the way sometimes they just look into a corner and look really freaked out. It's like, "Oh my god, guys, do you see that?" And we're all like, "No, we <laughs> that's don't. just a corner." Yeah. They've got those uh what do they call it? Like sleep paralysis where they, sleep paralysis demons? They they just imagine yeah, there's a yeah, thing yeah, yeah. there's a thing that no one else can see. Scary stuff. Scary stuff indeed. Mm. One of those things you've got to count your blessings. Yeah. If yeah. you don't have that, you're doing well. I know, right? Uh, who who'd be a cat? Ooh. You know, we haven't we haven't played that game, um, which is one of our favorites, which is dog or cat. Oh, where right. we just arbitrarily snap decision decide is something a a cat or a dog. Do you consider yourself cat or dog? I'm a cat. Definitely. Cat, yeah. for sure. Simon? Definitely a dog. Dog? Yep. What do you think? Dog? Uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm seeing you as a dog. Okay. Yeah, but you think I'm a cat, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, but so, I, are I, you I an indoor I dog, you maybe? I've known as Simon is, so. Some, some, you know, some, there's a thing, such thing as an indoor dog. Yeah. Is there such a thing as a 
Outdoor cat. Yep. An outdoor cat. <laughs> I'm one or the other. You know what? I'm, I'm oh, cat dog. Oh, cat dog. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw it come across your face. Like I just the, realized. The realization of what you are. <laughs> what, what is a, what's a half cat, half dog? It's a cat, it's a cat dog. Cat dog, yeah. Yeah, nice. They did the, they did a TV movie that I've never seen where they, uh, where they go on a quest to meet their parents. Yeah. Because they're I, a cat dog. Yeah, that's cat dog, and I I remember it being advertised, but I don't think I ever tuned in. I've read the Wikipedia synopsis because I don't know where to find this. I don't know where you even watch cat dog, uh, but I'm pretty sure it turns out to be something crazy. Like one's a Bigfoot and one's a frog. Okay, like they're yeah, not yeah. a cat or okay. a dog at all. Actually, that's, <laughs> I, think that, I think that's, that's in good. the theme song. Isn't it right? Like, don't they mention yeah uh, something about a frog? Yeah. It's oh, really? Like, oh, cat dog. It's it's that you know. Fun country twangy song. Cat yeah. dog, cat dog. I remember bits of it. I remember like like the cat dog chasing itself or yeah. something mm. like that. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I liked that show. I remember the show. episode where uh, dog gets a uh, pet fish and cat accidentally eats it. And then <laughs> he has to go inside himself to rescue the fish. I just remembered um, a character that I have a visceral, visceral reaction to every time Winslow. Wins- oh, the rat. The rat. I... He's he's horrible, this guy. Like, first of all, he's the most messed up looking rat I've ever seen. He's got mm. this protruding human nose, and his ears are just like, I don't know, just attached to his head, and he's wearing these overalls, and he just lives to cause problems. Like, they succeeded too well in making him a frustrating character. I don't think he's actually a rat. I think he's just a little... Just a little man? Guy. He his, Oh, his right. name that I'm seeing here is Winslow T. Oddfellow. Mm. So, yeah, maybe yeah. he's just a horrid little man. You know, I was talking about this with my partner last night, but the book Stuart Little, not not the movie, mm-hmm. Stuart is not a mouse. He's just a little boy, a very, very little boy who just kind of looks like a mouse. Really? Oh, I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. That's crazy. The, yeah. the Michael J. Fox animated uh, CG hybrid live action movie really just imprinted on all our brains. Mouse. Yeah. It's a yeah. much odder story, yeah. I guess. But it, when you think about it, like they don't, they don't actually say, hey, kid, you're a mouse, do they? They sort of just <laughs> like they treat him like a normal kid. Well, you know, people, there is the meme of like, you know, you live in an orphanage and two rich parents show up <laughs> and they adopt a mouse over you. <laughs> Yeah. No, I I watched that movie so many times when I was a kid, but like I, I remember the the brother was like, why, 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 why did you choose a mouse? He's not, he's not my brother. He's a mouse. And then he grows to love him, and because he wins a boat race for him, and you know the tale is old as time. You yeah. learn to love your tiny brother. Yeah. yeah. Well, only when they win a boat race for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's he done for me lately? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zoe, we we always like to chat with people about uh, what's inspiring them. Uh, what's inspiring you this week? Um, what are you enjoying? Ooh, what am I enjoying? Um, like, what am I watching, or what am I? Yeah, anything. Or what really, are you listening like, to? Artists that you're interested in, music you're listening to, shows you're watching. It can be anything. Well, I was watching. My partner and I've been watching The Wire. Oh, wow. yeah. we've never we've never seen it before because you know it came out when we were children yeah um but and i was kind of iffy at the beginning because i'm, I'm not a big fan of cop shows too mm-hmm. much sure sure yeah. we're not we we're, we're not as uh we're not as gung-ho about cops as we once yeah. were as a culture <laughs> in the 90s it was like you put a cop on a show that sells yeah but here's the thing it's not a propaganda show mm-hmm. it's very critical of the law enforcement system mm-hmm. um it's aged not that well but like and things are 
still pretty much the same as they were 20 years ago, which is a bit sad, but um, no, it's really, it's like one of the only shows I've seen that from that time period that actually is that critical. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And everyone in that show is a bad guy. Yeah, no, there's no good guys in The Wire. Mm. Um, That's uh, what I hear about. Like, um, if, if, if anything, the bad guys are kind of the good guys, you know, like, mm. like, 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 um, uh, Stringer, Be- Str- is Stringer Bell the name of the character? Um, Idris Helba. Like yeah. he's, yeah, he's a drug like lord. So, yeah. th- so he's a bad guy. But didn't he start to go to business school and to try to be better? Uh, or is that I, just be better at being bad? <laughs> I I think it's just him wanting to expand the empire. But yeah. I I've I've only seen up to season season four. And okay. Yeah. yeah, you've gone beyond. I sort of, I watched season one and then I watched season two, which was kind of a different one because it was yeah. down the docks. And yeah. I really liked that season. And then I started season three and I was told, now it's going to get good. <laughs> and, and I watched the first episode and I could see there was a, like a shift in tone and it was probably going to get Whoa, fun. Little thing is in this? Huh? Littlefinger from Game of Thrones, he's in this? No oh, way. See, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know no Game of Thrones people. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't watch that. And anyway, I think there was no Game of Thrones when I was watching The Wire. Oh, yeah, yeah. It hadn't quite happened yet. But uh, yeah, you can tell it was a good show. Well, he's always playing like weaselly characters, right? Marley. Who's he? Marley Dubious. He's this little blonde kid, is he? Oh, no, that guy. Okay. He's this guy, if you know. Okay, yeah, nah, nah. Yeah. It is one of those shows that everyone who watched it at the time uh, touts as like one of the greatest TV shows ever made. Do, do you think it holds up? Because sometimes you find, like, when something gets put on the pedestal of greatest ever, yeah. people go into it with a little bit of their, their arms folded, and you're like, well, you know, is this really as good as people say? Well, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not a big TV connoisseur. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like it so far. It's, it's engaging. It's, it's really engaging. Um, I can only really watch one two episodes at a time otherwise i get really sad mm. yeah is it is it an hour drama yeah it's mm-hmm. about yeah about an hour and it's intense as well it's like it's a oh, pretty yeah. it's not a breezy watch hour. by yeah, the sounds yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. five seasons yes okay We're on season four right now right nice. oh you're gonna finish it out then yeah good 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 yeah actually i remember i think i started watching breaking bad that's, okay. that's what that's what took over mm. breaking bad was my the wire because yeah, yeah. i because i was watching it when it was new and it was really fun it was the first time that i felt like um that i was in the zeitgeist like watching the show that everyone was talking mm. about and in fact i had to convince people to watch it um the last season was coming up and my uh my current flatmate hadn't seen it and i was like just watch the pilot with me showed him the pilot he went away, saw him one week later, and he said, oh, I'm caught up. I'm like, oh, <laughs> on season one? And he's like, the whole thing. I was like, did you go away and watch nothing but Breaking Bad since I last saw you? And not work. <laughs> I, I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm like you. I'm, a, I'm, I'm one a night, or if I'm really into it, maybe two. You know, yeah. whatever I'm watching, even if it's a 20-minuter, I just like to, I like to make it last as mm. opposed to just being one long slog of an evening of blasting my way through a season. Yeah. Uh, but the show that I really, that I really like binged the, as much as I could, mm. cause it was still like going out. It was still like going on when I was watching it. It was Yellow Jackets. Ah, I was just about to say, yeah. cause there, uh. there it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on Zoe's um, Instagram, there's, there, there's Yellow Jacket spoilers. So yeah, if you, if you keep on scrolling over, but there's a warning, there's a spoilers warning, right? 
I'm not familiar with Yellow Jackets. What's Yellow Jackets about? It's about um, a girls soccer team, football team, in the 90s who uh, get on a plane to nationals, but the plane crashes in the Canadian wilderness and they have to survive out in the wilderness. Right. This so is it's just got a, a really good cast as well, isn't it? Like, it's fantastic. Yeah. This is in yeah. it now. Because um, I actually haven't watched Yellow Jackets, mm. but it's it's on there. It's on my list. Mm, it's really good. Uh, hang on a second. I'm just going to... Um, Christina Ricci, is that yes, right? Yes, there it is. Yeah. 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 Wow. I oh, love Christina Mel- Ricci. Melanie Linsky, a local, a local gal. We yeah. love Melanie Linsky. Fantastic. It's, it's so jarring to hear it at her in interviews and her using a New Zealand accent. Uh-huh. Oh, like, okay. So she's... Um, well, that's because it's jarring to hear New Zealand accents anywhere in the entertainment industry. It's like, oh... We're out there. We're like, allowed to leave the country. It's funny. Even when I hear it on on YouTube, when mm. there's like a, a mm. like you know, if I'm watching a game or something on YouTube, yeah. and the you know the person's Kiwi, like at first I'm kind of going, oh, Australian, and then I start hearing, oh no, wait a second, that's Kiwi, and I, and I always turn to Roxy to confirm. I'm like, is that Kiwi? And Roxy's like, yeah, that's Kiwi. I, uh, when I when I hear it, I'm like, what is that accent? <laughs> right. That's so exotic. Huh. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that before. <laughs> Yeah, holding up a mirror. Who is that? <laughs> not, not all Kiwis sound like Reese Darby. No, <laughs> right? Reese Darby is the exaggerated mm. Kiwi. Yeah, we I love him. I thought he was Australian when I first when I first heard him. And um, yeah, Flight of the Concords. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love Flight of the Concords. Yeah, so like Melanie Linz, Linsky, is that it? Mm. Was she? Um, what was the Peter Jackson movie, The Beautiful Creatures? Yeah. Yeah, that's her. It's hard. Uh, it's hard to watch, but she's a fantastic actress. Oh yeah, so no, great. she is absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. she's seeing a bit of resurgence because she was in The Last of Us. That's right. Yes, yes. That's I was it. excited that's when she showed it. up. Yeah. Yes, I loved The Last of Us. I watched it twice, straight through. Yeah, wow. really good. Good. Good watch. Hanging out for that next season. Yep, hundred yeah. percent. Although I think we'll be waiting a long time for it. I think there's like. Yeah, oh, the writer strike, and, and I think they were going to be like like spending two years between seasons anyway, because they kind of want to get it right. And mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I'm fine with that. There's plenty of things to watch to fill up those two years. Mm. But I think like the writer strike is probably and the actor strike yeah. is going to put that back even further. Um, which you know what, like if they come back with another season as strong as the first one, have at it. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, and and I and I've, I'm sure everyone um, in this room and in the studio would agree. We'd we'd rather get a second season knowing that they're that they've got a fair deal. They're being paid right. Oh, yeah. They can afford to pay their bills. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I, I'll I believe never... like Bella Ramsey did not get paid as well as really? Pedro Pascal in it. Mm. Yeah, no, no, like not even when she's not even the close. Co- when she's the co-star, she's the other like, lead. I lo- look, I love Pedro Pascal. I think he's great. Of course. Um, but she was the star of it for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, like she was so, amazing. Like so I had never seen her in, in anything before. And I don't know, she's in, I think she was, was she in Game of Thrones for a minute? She was really good in Game of Thrones. I'm really good in that as well. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kid, and kid actors, young actors yeah. sometimes can be a hard sell, but she's just so natural. Yeah, yeah. You really feel for her no matter what happens. Mm. Absolutely, uh, yeah. It's it's a, it really it was a character that uh, you could see why Joel would would kind of 
become the the sort of the father figure, right? Because mm-hmm. like she, you just just do fall in love with her, you know. For for a second, I forgot that Pedro oh, Pascal's yeah, character yeah. name was Joel, and I was like, Joel Spencer. Uh, Joel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he always talks about Bella Ramsey. <laughs> always. Congratulations on the adoption. Yeah, I can't believe that, that that happened, but here we are. Yeah. Oh, I love the um this piece I'm seeing. Uh, just using the um the updated Cartoon Network colors. Ah, oh, is that the one with my character? Yes. So do you have some do you have some OCs? We were talking to Kayla and Jen about, you know, original characters. Just sort of using them as like dolls so you can do, ooh, I'm gonna dress them up in this style, I'm gonna color them this way. Because I'm see I just technically looking, I, I I'm seeing a sort of a, a satyr character named mm. Cirrus. Yeah. And uh others, I'm assuming. <laughs> um, yeah. I have been kind of working on and off on these characters since like my first or second year of uni. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my projects I decided to, sometimes I like to sneakily put an illustration for my graphic design projects. Um, so I did like a fictional, fictional game, design my own characters, design the box art. Awesome. Um, yeah. And that's where those characters pretty much came from. And I've, developed them for like almost 10 years now right and so when you made a game was that for anything or were you just making it to make a game i I wasn't like making the actual game okay i was just making the design aspects like a website some like launch giving yourself a project to work on yeah yeah it's that graphic designer and you just just sort of it's like almost like doing the marketing for a game that, mm. that could exist i just wanted to draw characters sweet yeah and it's always handy to have characters that are your own so you're not mm. constantly i mean i love fan art and you you do plenty of fan art but mm. it's nice to have characters that are just yours to go okay i want to draw something that's that's mine yep. here's here's a character that i have yeah absolutely um the one of the the main character that i have been like working on and off is called nimue uh, nim for short um, she is sort of like a wood, sort of a wood elf type thing. Um, the law for her species is um, <clears throat> is that there's this big tree that was once surrounded by like a group of traveling humans, and the humans cared for this tree for ye- for de- decades and generations, but then they moved on to like more like better greener pastures pretty much Mm. um but the tree loved these people so much that she created these beings like in their image so but they were and they were all like from her they were her children and they created like their own society around around wow that's awesome yeah so like like little (laughs) fruit people (laughs) basically yeah yeah. but they look they look more like elves than anything and they right yeah. So there's a, there is a like definitely I think um, like a, a fantasy tone to a lot of the stuff that you do. True. Yeah. Um, um, even I'm looking at a, a picture of um, what looks kind of like a knight on a merry-go-round. Oh, that is fan art. <laughs> that's fan art. What is this? Um, that's uh, that's a character from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, Which I don't know what that is. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a video game. Nintendo video game and it's basically a strategy game and there's lots of anime people in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but so, the, they're actually pretty well written. That's why I 
like I and a lot of people enjoy it. And mm-hmm. you like, do you play like you play a lot of video games? Is that is that a thing? Bit of a gamer. Um, for for you know winding down and relaxation purposes. Yeah, I, I usually just default to playing the same games that I already own, but recently I have um, kind of I have kind of branched out a little bit because I'm not because I'm not really a guns shooty shooty mm. pew pew sure type first person shooters not your thing no absolutely not mm. um but like i'm really into like storytelling and character driven type things um and my partner was like hey i think you'll really like this game called mass effect and i was like yeah but i'm not a big sci-fi person and these guns in it and i don't know um, but he was like, no, the, the guns are, they don't really have much to do with it. Mm-hmm. I think you really like it regardless. Um, and he got me the game and I played it and I ended up liking it more than he does. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Because the characters and the writing and the world building yeah. was all there. It, it's, it's a very human story. Like, even though there's a cast of aliens, mm. yeah. it's still like you're forming relationships with crewmates and... Some sometimes even forming romances with them as well. Mm. Um, is it a is it a like a story based game where you're playing through a story, or is it more of a role playing game where you decide who you interact with and a bit of both? Because mm-hmm. there is like a big overarching story with like the general threat of these um, ancient alien robots called the Reapers. You know what? I have heard a little bit about this. <laughs> yeah. I, just th- from people talking about it, specifically people talking about, is, is Mass Effect 3 the last one? Yeah. People, people. I know the ending was very controversial. Yeah. And hey, endings are often, you know, a sticking point for people because it doesn't end the way that people wanted it to. Mm. Uh, so is your game Mass Effect 1? Is that what the game that you like really latched onto? Or do you like the whole series? I like the whole series. Um, started with one because it's the same character throughout the whole three games. Um Two was probably my favorite. Um, but yeah, it's this big overarching story. The ending is, it's there, I guess. Okay, so you're, you're, not, you're not hot on the ending. No. Not your favorite part. I like, I like to pretend it's something different. Sure. That's yeah. sort of the Sometimes gist that I got. Need, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to do that with, with media. You yeah. just have to go, you know what? Yeah, I get it. I get that they ended it that way, but not in my head. Yeah. No. For, for me, that was um, Samurai Jack. Like, oh right, mm, right. The, the very ending to me, not not exactly what I had envisioned or hoped for. It, it didn't feel to me like it stuck to the ending. But I've also I also like to keep in mind like, hey, that doesn't change the uh, the you know mm. the journey. Like yeah. dozens, exactly. dozens yeah. of amazing episodes that I really love. Yeah, you know, is this the Adult Swim Samurai Jack? Yes. So see, oh. they did a they did a fifth mm. season to conclude the story. Right, and that was produced through Adult Swim. So they got you know, the green light, like, hey, you can you can do violence now if you wish. They kind of made it a point, because in the Cartoon Network run, uh, obviously you couldn't do... He carries a blade, that's his mm. weapon, but he can't be cutting people up, mm. so he's always fighting robots. Yeah. Uh. And in this, in the Adult Swim season, the premiere sort of starts off with him fighting another foe, going, they're just robots, they're just robots, and then he cuts into someone and a spurt of blood, and he's horrified oh right yeah kind of a kind of a cool shift yeah so hey you know the the ending isn't the the whole story i felt that as well we're gonna we're gonna dump on gendy tartakovsky now because um and primal yeah i I was not happy Um, with how that ended either have you you seen primal at all no no. it's 
I'll, I'll tell you this, it's on TV and Z On Demand, very mm. easy to access. Yep. Uh, also on Prime as well. Also on yep. Prime. And yep. just just beautifully animated 2D action. You'd probably really get something out of the, the environments. Mm, mm. And there's something very sweet about um, uh, Spear. Spear and Fang. He's this silent caveman uh, who... Um, his family is his family is killed, and he teams up with this dinosaur whose children have been eaten, mm. and uh, they they wander the prehistoric world together. It's it's amazing. It's very beautiful. I, oh, but yeah. I agree. Me and my friends just finished it the other day, and we were all just like staring at each other, like really. Yeah. That's the last thing that happens in this show. Wow. That is buck wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you get that. That being said, though, I can't recommend it enough. Sure. <laughs> like uh, it was, I would say in terms of animation, my favorite thing. Maybe with Spider Verse, kind of. Actually, no. I prefer I prefer Primal. Right. Yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. There is apparently a third season coming, and it's just going oh, to is be, there really? Apparently, it's just going to be an anthology, just oh. set in that world. Okay. Because... All right. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll watch more of it. I mean, I'll miss Spear and Fang, but mm-hmm. I'll watch more of that. They, they, as I said, they, they, they lived in a violent world. They, yep. they, they meet a violent. Well, end. Th- that's the, I had to um um like Mike had to kind of like sit me down and sort of say how else could it possibly have ended for these poor creatures? You know? Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think I, I kind of feel we're saying too much about how, how primal. <laughs> Maybe goes. just a tad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are some uh, What are some of your other favorite video games? Uh, looking at your art, I'm seeing a lot of Pokemon. <laughs> Big Pokemon fan. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> how long have you been playing Pokemon? Like since since it uh, since is it, it began. It's always been a part of your world, I imagine, as yeah. it was mine. Yeah, yeah. Huge part of my life. Um. Yeah, I probably know more about Pokemon than a 30-year-old woman should, but... Um, hey, yeah. everyone at this studio has their thing, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. We dedicate an entire episode per year just to quarantine all the Star Trek knowledge. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, yeah, true. And I haven't even started to talk about Batman. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, you're saying you have all these uh, OCs that you get to draw, which I think is very, very healthy, mm. because I just draw Batman. You default to Batman. Far <laughs> too much, like, he's not mine. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't be doing this. Are these the new the new starters for the latest Pokemon game? Yes. Yeah. It's it's always fun when a new po- when a new Pokemon game is coming out because especially my flatmates they get really excited and mm. I don't know what to compare it to. It's like a I don't know. It's they they're always really excited for the new starters. Yeah. You know to see oh, what they're going to yeah, be because totally. they're the main three. They're the mm-hmm. the, f- the flagship franchise. Yeah. Uh, the Pokemon's for this for this yeah. particular game. So we've got uh, sort of a green cat. Yep. A, uh, a red crocodile and a blue duck. That's what I'm yeah. calling them. Um, Sprigatito is the green cat. Mm-hmm. Um, Coco is the is the crocodile. Mm-hmm. And Quaxley is the duck. Do you have a favorite? Because I love Sprigatito because it's a cat. Yeah, right. Fair. She's the she's going to be the. Uh, actually, I can see the stats right here. She's a grass type. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. Is this game out? Yeah, it came out last November, and okay. it shows is... you shows you how in touch with it with the video <laughs> game culture I am. And it is a game. <laughs> it's a game because yeah. you know I bought I I I really love the like aesthetic of Pokemon. Like they look so cute, and I love whenever they bring out new ones and seeing mm. all the designs and the evolutions. Yeah, um, it was really fun to do to design a Pokemon for one of the drawing clubs. Yeah. It was one of the ones I threw myself into. I was like, <laughs> I really want to figure out what it is. I've heard from one of the designers, and I'm sorry I don't know their name, who was heavily involved with designing like the original line of Pokemon. Mm. And they said, our thing is we um, 
we always add some element that's like imperfect. They were like, and you know, someone says, well, Pikachu is pretty cute. And they were pointing out like, yeah, but we per- deliberately did these things to just make them a little, a little less cute, a little more unique rather mm. than just going wholeheartedly super adorable. Mm. It's kind of, you know, in my mind, like the baby Yoda effect. Yeah. Like the fact that they're a little weird looking kind of makes them endearing. Yeah. Um, but I, pl- I picked up a, a Pokemon game for the Nintendo Switch and I got, I got, I got bored of it very quick because I was just like, right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to remember what it's called, but I was just like, okay, I'm going to go around here. I'm going to battle this guy. I'm going to go over here, battle this guy, swap out my Pokemon. But that is the game, right? Like that's what Pokemon yeah. is about. Battling and choosing which of your creatures you're going to discard and which ones you're going to build up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much the game. Um, there is a story, but you know, it's, it's there. It's just a battle game, really. See, I've n- I don't believe I've ever played Pokemon. Like, mm. I'm very aware of the cartoons. Mm, you know, yeah. And so, and uh, uh, games come first, and then the cartoons come along, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. and every time they bring out a new game, does does it like does a cartoon series follow that, or or or, or have they gone off in different directions? For the most part, they recently retired Ash Ketchum, who has been in the who has been like the main character of the TV show. Yeah, I heard about that. He's not in the games, right? Um, and they've come out with a new with a new protagonist for it for the Pokemon anime. I haven't seen it yet. I remember that like mm-hmm. watching the Pokemon show as a kid, I got frustrated because every season that I watched and maybe they were just playing the same one over and over again, but you know, Ash he's he wants to win the championship mm-hmm. or the tournament and Every season he'd get really close, he'd get into the tournament, and he'd get really close, and then he'd lose. His spirits would be down, but he'd mm. pick himself up and go, there's always next year, rinse, mm. repeat. Right, and right, go, right. I'm watching the same thing again. Yeah, and you know what? That sort of, like, 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 you know, gives kids the message that you can have your dreams, but they're you're not going to quite reach them. I mean, hey, I think that's a worthwhile thing to show in a kid's mm. show, that, hey, just because you want something doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get it. Yeah, but year after year after year, yeah. if you don't get it, at some point, like, uh, you got to give up. <laughs> they did right. give Ash his championship. Yes. Oh, he got like, there in the end. Yeah, uh, that, I'm happy for That's why they're retiring yeah, now. Okay, yeah, okay, It is kind of like, you know, for, you know, as... You know, I can say it's repetitive, but when he finally does win the championship, you're like, wow, it actually feels like a huge moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had uh, the voice actor or possibly uh, most recent voice actor of Ash. Have they always done Ash? Um, Yeah, she um, did. She did Ash, I think. From the first series to like 2006. Okay. Veronica Taylor. Veronica Taylor. Thank you. That was really exciting. Uh, Kurt's, <laughs> Kurt's got a signed uh, picture in his office. Oh, nice. Hung in pride of place. Yeah, apparently when um, when Ryan uh, messaged all of us saying that she was coming to the studio, apparently I yelled, what? So loudly <laughs> they could hear me across the studio. Yeah. As as we would expect. Yeah, and, and of course you were having some kind of out-of-body experience because you didn't even realize that that you had screamed this. You, yeah. had, to, you had to be told yeah, about it. Josh was behind me and he was like, what? what's going on? What's yeah. going on? What happened? <laughs> Natural disaster? No. <laughs> the voice of Ash Ketchum is coming here. Yeah. So you, you got to pretty meet big. them? Yeah, yeah, she was lovely. Fantastic. What an exciting thing. I, yeah. I've i told the story before about how like sometimes there are just actors wandering through the studio because they're doing a voice. I was in the break room 
eating leftover spaghetti and uh, Temuera Morrison came up and shook my hand <laughs> wow. because I think he just assumes everyone wants to shake his hand and he was like I thought you were going to say that he ate your spaghetti <laughs> I mean he would be allowed to he's a national treasure <laughs> oh thank you thank you Mr. Morrison <laughs> Um, the other thing that I that I really remember thinking about watching the Pokemon show as a kid, it's funny because Team Rocket were my favorite characters because they're like the bumbling bad guys. You know Team Rocket, yeah, Simon? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Even uh, if you uh, don't uh, know Pokemon, you know Team Rocket. I'm pretty familiar with the cartoon, but yeah. not the games. Yeah. And their whole thing is they desperately want to capture um, Pikachu. Pikachu. Specifically, Ash Ketchum's Pikachu. And the longer you watch it, the more you sort of realize like Ash Ketchum's Pikachu is not particularly special. Like, mm. he's not even, like, the, the most evolved version of that uh, Pokemon. And you begin to realize, oh, they want to capture him because he's the main character of the show. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. it. And, and they're also not good at their job, right? They they're never terrible their at goal. their job. The fact that, that Pikachu is not a special, rare mm. Pikachu makes it even funnier that they just cannot catch this thing. And the other thing that dawns on you the, the longer you watch it is you're like, hang on. Team Rocket have the only... English fluent Pokemon seemingly in the world. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah, friend yeah, me yeah, out yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. never commented right. upon. <laughs> and um, I recently, uh, semi recently, saw like um, a bit mm. of lore got filled in where uh, Meowth, you get to see how Meowth learned to mm. speak. They actually acknowledge oh, right. that. Like, There's a full episode about it. He, he, I, the, from what I remember, though you, you might be able to tell me more, he's like, he's like, maybe homeless or something and he's mm. like living like in the roof of a school and he's eavesdropping on an English mm. class and he just slowly learns how to form words mm. with his mouth oh, fantastic. very sad right. tragic origin yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he does it to impress a girl Meowth right um, yeah and then when he when he actually learns how to speak English and walk on two legs she's like oh you're a freak yeah <laughs> that's not that's not regular Meowth behavior <laughs> you're just supposed to say Meowth Meowth yeah. <laughs> I also love that Team Rocket like um you eventually discover Team Rocket is like a giant, like sort of um, James Bond esque villainous mm. organization, and these two are like on the bottom rung, and they are not respected. Nobody likes them, and that's why they've been given this absurd mission of catch this <laughs> yeah. Pikachu. Just get them out the office. It's literally just <laughs> yeah. get them away from me. It's the plot of the Mister Bean movie. Just I want these bumbling fools out of my the, way. The funny thing is, when they talk to the boss, the boss isn't really fussed about Pikachu. He's like, catch some strong Pokemon. And they're like, yes, sir, we'll capture Pikachu. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. <yeah. laughs> Whatever. Just get out of my hair. You, did, you, you want to capture that Pikachu? Fine. Did you watch um, Detective Pikachu? The, yeah. The, the movie. It. Yeah. 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 I, like, as a Pokemon fan, like, I was a bit nervous because I was like, this mm. could go either a few ways. Getting Ryan Reynolds to voice the Pikachu, you're like, oh, that's very, it's a very Shrek move. Let's yeah. get a really famous actor yeah. and go. I was kind of wanting Danny DeVito to play Pikachu. Everyone, oh, everyone wow. was. Oh, really? It I was a big, see that. It was yeah. a big movement on the internet. Like, half ironic, but also, he would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed Detective Pikachu mm. because I think what was really smart about that movie is it understood that, like, you know, if they had have just adapted the Pokemon series, like, cast someone as Ash, cast someone as Brock and Misty, there would have been so much, you know, the typical fan complaints about... They got the casting right or wrong, yeah. or are they adapt telling the story correctly? Why didn't they do it this way? Whereas, mm. I think the real fundamental appeal of Pokemon is like living in like a modern world filled with fantastical creatures who are friendly and live side by side with us and are our best friends, you know. And also 
being a Pokemon trainer is just a thing you can do. As a kid, mm. you can just go out into the world with your Pokemon and yeah. travel the world. So Detective Pikachu gives us that. It's like an urban detective story yeah. set in a city where they're just our Pokemon. And they, you know, created a character. And Well, see, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it, it does just go to show that they did know what Pokemon is. Because normally you would say, hey, if there's a, a formula that works, Ash and, you mm. know... Um, Misty and they could have done a whole series, like, yeah, you know? exactly. But, but yeah, no, they did know they, they're probably, I'm guessing they were Pokemon fans themselves. And it's like, mm. no, 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 Detective we just have to make it like believable that this is a world that has Pokemon in it. Absolutely, mm. Detective Pikachu is a game, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a side, like, it's a side game. Um, I haven't played it, I played a little bit of it. It's kind of like a solving puzzles, um. I'm imagining sort of like one of those games where like you go up and talk to someone and they give you a little text bubble. Yeah. And then you, you know, you'll find things and add them to your inventory and you slowly solve a mystery. Yeah. Okay. Um, if it was made in the eighties, it would be a point and click adventure type game. Mm. Um, I, I played a little bit of the Detective Pikachu game. I thought it was okay. Sure. Um, not a lot of people are too, like, it's not like beloved like pokemon mm. snap or anything like that but it was a very kind of out of left field choice yeah. to adapt as a movie right but yeah. maybe in some ways you think almost maybe that's the smarter thing rather it's, than taking it's perfect actually don't take the beloved thing you take kind of the yeah. weird mm. offshoot that people are not going to get upset about if you do something a little different with yeah it was cool the um one thing my friend uh danielle lucas uh pointed out to me that i thought was a really smart observation is the bad guy has a very, you know, he's got a super villainous plan. I'm mm. going to spoil the movie now. Um, uh, he, he's going to use a gas, basically, to turn people into Pokemon, which I think, great, what a fun super villain plot. Mm. It's, it, for some reason, it just makes me think of, like, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man for some reason. Like, there's, like, a big parade happening with all these Pokemon balloons. I guess that's why mm. I'm thinking of it. Sure. And he's going to spray gas and turn everyone into Pokemon because he wants to be a Pokemon and he wants everyone to be Pokemon. Mm. And to be honest... Like, that can just be the motivation, right? He just wants people to be turned into Pokemon yeah. because he thinks yeah. they're cool. That's fine. The The, the unfortunate uh, thing is that his problem is he, he is in a wheelchair and he really doesn't like being in a wheelchair. And that's why he wants to be turned into a Pokemon. And that's right, got some unfortunate... Right, right. You know, ableist problems like mm. that didn't have to be. That didn't have to be his, yeah, his that, motivation. Yeah, exactly. Being being disabled doesn't turn you into a villain. Yeah, and also the Pokemon universe kind of has a little bit of futurism in it, right? Like there's cool technology, like yeah. these balls that turn Pokemon into electricity and store them all inside. Yeah. I'm like, but the life of someone in a wheelchair is still so bad that he wants to turn himself into a Pokemon. Sure. sure. You know, that, that was my one. That was my one issue with the movie. Yeah, really. But, but it, it didn't it come out like in a same or very similar time to um, Sonic. Yeah, I think it was around the time. Yeah. I think it was a little think, before. Oh, was it before? Okay, I maybe maybe I saw them out of order because I remember I, Sonic was fine. Sure, I like, fine I, is the I'm best a, you can I'm say. I'm a Jim Carrey fan, uh-huh. and and I I just like seeing Jim Carrey like Jim Carrey it up like that the way he mm. did in Sonic. Um, and I like James Marsden as well, but I didn't love the movie. It was okay. Well, you know, I took my kid to it and it was like, that's, a, you know, it, it serviced a Saturday morning. Um, but, but well, I remember going to see Pokemon and kind of expecting that level of a movie and just, just loving it, just beaming yeah. for the whole thing. Thinking, oh, no, they've nailed it. They really have. That, that's the thing. Like, because with Pokemon, it could go either way. 
because it's such a beloved series. It's a multi-billion dollar franchise. Um, and they don't exactly put all of that effort into the games recently. Sure. Mm. Um, but Detective Pikachu, Pikachu was really refreshing because not only did they, because they didn't like pander to people that grew up with Pokemon, like, oh, remember Mewtwo, remember Charizard. They mm-hmm. had newer Pokemon in there, which as a longtime Pokemon fan, I really appreciate. It wasn't just bringing out the hits, yeah. the member yeah. berries. Yeah. 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 No, I really appreciate that. Are we going to get a sequel? Do you know? Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Yeah, it has I, been a while. Yeah, it really has. I was kind of expecting something by now. But, yeah. but in some ways, isn't it nice when something doesn't just like they smell blood in the water and instantly turn it into a franchise <laughs> yep. and go, okay, every year there's going to mm, be a new one. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll be happy to see another I, one. If I'd they be do happy it. to see mm. another one, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a like a sequel to Detective Pikachu. I just want to see more of that world. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Know? Just there's one establishing shot in my mind of like. Uh, the main character walks out into, like, you know, the city, wherever the city is, Mm. and just, there's the city, it's a little bit futuristic, and there's just Pokemon walking around, Mm. milling about with people, and I went, that's that's the idea, that's what I want to see. That's kind of the aesthetic they have in the the games as well, like, Mm. it's not way too far in the future, but it's a bit futuristic enough Mm. where you can, like, go into a Pokemon center and heal your Pokemon automatically, they do it really fast and it's also like yeah isn't it like quietly like a little bit of a socialist universe like the fact that you just show up to the pokemon <laughs> center and just go heal this for me please and they go absolutely no charge yeah yeah awesome <laughs> i've um i've recently started buying um not like obsessively but like just recently two times you know it's, if i had a penny for every time i'd have two <laughs> it's more than one i've bought a jacket because i look at it and i go it makes me think of a pokemon trainer and oh that, right, yeah, and that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a fun yeah. style like, so, to so have. Character wrapping is it? Yeah, a Pokemon, I like that. A and lot. then and then you get a nice cap to go with it. And, mm. you know, and next thing I need is a backpack. No, and put little Pokeballs in it. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> and then when when there's kids around, you say, "Hey, will I take them a Poke?" Oh, I better not. They're asleep. I just, <laughs> I just leave them in the Pokeball. <laughs> they're sleeping. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, there was another thing I wanted to ask you. Oh yeah, Pokemon Go. Did you play that? Yeah. That was a great game. It came out on my birthday. Oh, no way. (laughs) No kidding. It was such a phenomenon for, um, um, like, uh, augmented reality. In Mm -hmm. fact, that's kind of where augmented reality sort of ended. It sort of, you know, like, have we seen anything since then? Every other thing that tried to use that same technology was just Pokemon Go, but different franchises. And none of them took off It was so perfect for Pokemon, wasn't it? It really was, because that's the whole thing, is characters going around finding wild Pokemon and trying Mm. to capture them. Oh, it was great because I'd go out in the evening with my kid and we'd go looking for Pokemon and you'd see other people on the street clearly <laughs> looking for Pokemon. For me, you know, the, the it all, it was basically one magical weekend where yeah. me and a bunch of friends went to a park and everyone there was in the yeah. park looking for Pokemon. Yeah. And it really separates sort of, you know, the adults from the children because I I did not keep it up. Like, probably not even for a week. But I have some friends who are still doing it. No way. Oh, and gathering, gathering Pokemon. I love that. I and love that's great. That. And yeah. I think, yeah, what people were saying about it is it's cool that it's a game that encourages getting out and exploring. Which is what, you know, a big thing, a big central thing to Pokemon. It's very accessible as well. Mm-hmm. Like, because everyone has a mobile phone. Um, you can just, you don't have to, like, do the microtransactions if you if you have to. Right. So there are microtransactions. Yeah. I was playing it, but I never I never had to pay for a single thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, to buy incubators for the eggs that you would find, you would 
maybe need to buy some, but like, I think for the most part, um, you can just enjoy going around finding Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, it does, it did lose its allure after a while, but like occasionally I'll go back, I'll go back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I found yeah. that living in a <laughs> suburban area, I was just getting, I was, my cup runneth over with Ratchetats and Pidgeotos. <laughs> yeah. Like, those are the things yeah. that live yeah. in suburbs. I, I really yeah. like Pidgeotto, though. I found one on the ferry. Actually, cool. on the ferry. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you, you might get some good ones, because I know there were some of the, like, cooler, <clears throat> larger aquatic ones down by the wharf. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could have prime access. Oh, tell yeah. you, I'm, the really after this, I'm, I'm going down to, I didn't know that Pokemon Go was still happening, so I'm, yeah. I'm getting back into it. I think... They've they've made some changes to make it like not as fun to play, but hmm. yeah, some some people really love it. I go, I'm like on and off. The Pokemon game that I have been playing recently is the one that just released, which is Pokemon Sleep. Okay. Oh, I have heard about this. <laughs> what what's Pokemon Sleep? It's a sleep app. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that, also a little bit of a game. Yeah. Um, you go to sleep and your phone kind of tracks your sleep. I d- I'm not entirely sure how it does that, but some sort of gyroscope type thing. Um, and you wake up and there would be like Pokemon sleeping around the Snorlax, which is a sleepy Pokemon. Sure. Mm. Perfect. Um, um, and you have a chance to like catch some of them and they would help out they would like help out to get berries for Snorlax. So Snorlax would get more, more powerful and there'll be more different Pokemon, more rare ones come around. Yeah. It's pretty cute. It's yeah. <laughs> it's something to just help with insomnia or, yeah. Or is it just so, when, if you have insomnia and you're awake, it's like, well, so I may as well play Pokemon sleep. My question is it's tracking your sleep, mm. but is the game portion mm. meant to be played before you go to sleep or when you wake up? When you wake up and, like, throughout the day, um, you check on your helpers, like, your help Pokemon, and they will get ingredients and berries, and then you can cook for your Snorlax. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just a very passive app that you can check on throughout the day. You don't, like... It's not like a... You have to be skilled. It's just, like, maybe go to bed on time and get your eight hours. <laughs> right, yeah. So is it rewarding <laughs> you for uh, having, like, healthy sleep hygiene? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not fair. I should, yeah, I should yeah. be. <laughs> it's not people's fault if they can't sleep. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm I'm the uh, prime example, Mr. Insomnia. Maybe I need to play Pokemon Sleep. Give it a, give it a go. Yeah. Hey, what have you got to lose? Snor- Snorlax, help me yeah. out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get told, could you snore a little less lax? <laughs> cool. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, it's been great talking awesome. to you, Zoe. Yeah. Thanks so much I, for coming in. Do you have any? Uh, do you have anything you want to promote, or are we just going to let people know where to find you in social media? Uh, just find me on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, yeah. those yeah. are the fish m- witches. Fish witches for either one. Spelled the way those words are normally spelled. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back that up. The Instagram, I'm still scrolling. It's amazing. And oh, it's lo- lovely, pl- lovely work. There's plenty to see. You're, yeah. You seem like an active an active user. It's actually Absolutely. worth following. It's actually worth following, so. Oh, thank you. Don't follow me. I'm not doing anything. It's all quiet on the Western Front. Follow me if you want to see Batman. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much, Zoe. This has been uh, really fun. Great to get to know you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. No problem. All right. Well, uh, until next time when we're chatting with even more of the talented folks uh, at our studio and beyond, keep mucking around. Mm-hmm.